Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to Klezmer Podcast 131 for December 7th, 2016. The website is klezmerpodcast.com, and you can write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. You can also find Klezmer Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and Snapchat. And I invite you to check out the monthly Klezmer Podcast playlist on Spotify. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Mike Ankelwitz of the band Klez Factor based in Toronto, Canada. I caught up with Mike at this year's Ashkenaz Festival in Toronto, and he has a new album out entitled Europa. So we'll be talking with Mike and hearing a track from the album. So now here's my interview with Mike Ankelwitz of the band Klez Factor. This was recorded on September 5th, 2016. Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to uh, Klezmer Podcast. Once again, we're at the Ashkenaz Fest 2016 in beautiful Toronto, Ontario. And uh, I'm visiting now with uh, Mike Ankelwitz of Klez Factor. Uh, welcome back to Klezmer Podcast once again, Mike. Thanks very much, Keith. It's great to be back. And uh, Klez Factor has a new album, I believe, is this the third one? Uh, Europa. It's a... Uh, Another wonderful album of, of uh, your compositions. Um, why don't you tell me about uh, your inspiration for doing this album? Well, inspiration was probably coming forth shortly after the last album was done, and I started writing new tunes again. And um, there's always a couple of, of tunes that come just a little bit too late for the <laughs> album that's in progress that take a while, and, and it's been a while, you know. It's, it's been eight years since the, the last album, so there's definitely some some tunes on this album that have been, you know, eight years waiting to be recorded, if not a little bit longer with some of them. And but originally the concept for the album was to take um, traditional tunes and, you know, ambitiously I was hoping to do a double album where I would do a, a traditional album and then. A, sort of a, a matching album that was original compositions based on those ori- those traditional klezmer tunes. Um, it didn't quite happen that way. Um, one out, one of the tunes, uh, Freilichs and Zibin, was inspired by uh, a tune called Bapolier Freilichs, um, which was a I think a Harry Kandel tune from uh, recorded in Philadelphia in the twenties. And there was another one on the album that eventually made it to the album uh, called Naftala Strikes Bach, which was inspired by Naftala Spiel von dem Reben, um, in which I composed a, um, a chorale based on that tune and then sort of went into something a little more funky for the rest of it. Um, but, you know, as great plans go, that didn't really hold <laughs> up and uh, momentum slowed with the band after... I had been in Germany and, and lived there and played there and performed there. And after I'd gotten back to finish my PhD, things sort of slowed down and, and really, you know, I did a couple of different things, but Klez Factor was sort of on hold for a little while until about 2015 or so. And uh, tell me about your time in, in Germany. What, were you there, was it one year, more? 
Yeah, I was there for a year. Um, I'm, I went in about late November of 2000, uh, 2011, and I came back one year later, mainly because my visa expired. But uh, Canada has a great relationship with Germany that allows people under 35 to uh, get a free visa for a year. And I had just barely qualified based on my age and uh, <laughs> took advantage of it. I you know, needed to get away from Toronto for a little bit. I was just finishing my PhD, but I had sort of run out of funding at the university. And, and uh, the change of scenery was great. It let me uh, work on it over there without sort of the pressure of also being a TA and and uh, teaching as well so it was really great and, and I met some really fantastic musicians there and started a, a Klaus Factor in Germany and I mean the the impetus for the whole album was when I left Germany at the end of 2012 I realized that the, the band was really unique sounding and really made me want to play the music more and revisiting old tunes from you know at that point it was about seven or eight years before and now it's been well over a decade um, but revisiting that stuff was it was like playing this stuff brand new and it was really finding new nuances and, and new um, voices within the songs and with the playing with the new musicians so I sort of vowed to myself that I would record an album with those guys and it took three years to get it done but uh, I'm really happy that it managed to, to finally happen So, the uh, the band is a, you, after eight years. You still have the same same composition of your band. Uh, you have to change some of the people around. Uh, what it, it the sound the 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 quality of, of the album sounds similar to uh, your previous one. So it, sound, it sounds like you've got mostly the same personnel. Actually, it's it's very different. Um, <laughs> Um, but I appreciated the sentiment because it's it's a big compliment to the guys and um, you know we did a lot of hard work but really this album was done at a, a much uh, a much cheaper budget than the other ones mainly because of um, we weren't able to get a grant and um, really doing a lot of things ourselves so the composition of the band for the for the bass tracks we'll call them um, you know we recorded it over a day in Dresden, Germany with the band in Germany and oh. so um, the band was Alex Bayer on bass Florian von Frieling on guitar uh, Daniel Wettlinger on violin and um, Finley Panter on drums and they had all played with the band back in 2012 when we were playing in Germany and fortunately they were all available and Daniel who had just been subbing in with the band and just sort of a guest because he was still living in Australia at the time has moved to Germany and so he's actually was really lucky for us that he was available we were originally planning to do it as a, a quartet but I felt something was missing from the sound and I was really glad that he had about a week in his schedule to do the tour and the recording with us and so how, how do you uh, decide from from song to song between clarinet or sax or um, what, what you feel like uh, playing um, I think that it's it's an organic decision that's made at the time of composition it's you know this is going to be a sax tune or this is going to oh, be okay. a, a clarinet tune um, the stuff that's more I think the stuff that's more klezmer will be clarinet in general and I think you can hear that in the album 
um, when the lines that I that I'm playing are you know have more basis in the traditional sound of klezmer, you're going to hear the clarinet. But when it's when it's something a little funkier with you know uh, a little more a little bit more emphasis in the in the drums and the bass rather than let's say percussiony sounds as opposed to drum set, um, then you'll hear saxophone. Although sometimes I make a decision based on whether I'm going to be able to learn it on the clarinet. There, there's one tune in particular that I looked at and I said, okay, I'm never going to learn that. So I decided to play it on saxophone. Well, that's a interesting way of, of approaching it based on which you think you can perform better on. So that's, that's, a, that's a good starting point right there. So you can decide which you're going to perform it on or what, or if you're going to write for, toward the one instrument or, or the other. Um, doing trumpet, I don't really have much choice on that. i, I got to play whatever shows up. So <laughs> I can't switch to something else. So uh, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so did you uh, tour around Germany some? Did you do some live shows with this group too? Yeah, we did. Uh, I mean, in 2012, we did several shows in Berlin. Uh, we played in Bayreuth, which is you know the famed city of Wagner that you know where he built his opera house. Um, but we we did a great show there at this little uh, pub um, in in the city after I'd given a lecture at the uh, the university. So we did some playing then, and then when we came back in 2015, at the tail end of a, a very long trip. Um, to many different places in the world and with many great um, performance opportunities for both myself and my partner, Parmita Kar, who's a phenomenal dancer. Um, you know, we played, uh, we did a short tour of Berlin, Dresden, and Prague. And it was a really great time, but, you know, two days rehearsing and only one with everybody in the band because everybody was so busy coming back from <laughs> different places where they were touring with other groups. And so we did a couple days of rehearsal used our sound check for our gig in Berlin as a, another <laughs> rehearsal um, played that night in Berlin next day we went to Dresden day after that we stayed and played uh, or did the recording in the bar where we played the night before had to be out by five because the next band for the for that night was coming in we had to uh, we had to stop a little while while the cleaner came in to clean the bar um, but it was amazing we got just about everything that we wanted to record done it was just one song on the list that we couldn't get and we actually I, you know listening back to the recordings later we actually had a good live track from the concert the night before um, which we eventually thickened up and added stuff to and and then we went to Prague the next day and did this crazy uh, crazy interview and performance for Czech TV that uh, went out a couple days after our show and, and then played the show at this amazing jazz club called the Jazz Dock right down on the Charles River. It was a beautiful place. So it was a whirlwind week of playing, but it was really great to get the band together again and, and you know, just rock out in Europe for a few days. So after a week of playing, then you're ready to actually start touring and going <laughs> doing shows. <laughs> now that you, because you have to work very fast. Everybody has to work very fast under those conditions. That, that's, uh, you know, really a testament to professionalism of everybody you're, you're working with there. It really is. I mean, everybody was just not only professional and, and able to learn the tunes, and I mean, they had played them before, so there was some familiarity, but 
you know, they're just their generosity musically to be able to give the time and and to give the energy to not only you know play the tunes as they are on the page but to make them better and to to bring in ideas and i really credit those guys and it's one of the reasons that made me just so fond of playing with them was because everything we did was you know very collective and and creative and and i felt like they all wanted to be there it wasn't just a gig for them and um you know they i I, you know, had I had the money, I would have paid them more for the for the <laughs> tour. But you know, you can only pay, and the, the tour thankfully broke even. Uh, but again, their generosity with their time and their their abilities and and their creativeness was was really what made the tour and what made the album. So, uh, the album was just released. Uh, what within the this year, last year? Yeah, it was just released last month, actually, at the last beginning month. of July. So, uh, what what feedback have you gotten from uh, from the public on it so far? So far, it's been very positive. Um, you know, I'm very happy with the way it sounds. It was it's a, sort of a long process because we recorded uh, end of July in 2015, and my goal was to get it out this year and uh, this summer even. And you know, when I realized that it was going to cost me, you know several thousand dollars yeah. for, for mixing and everything I I decided to mix it myself and our engineer in Berlin was phenomenal where he set the tracks up for me and and sent them to me and then I you know we sort of home engineered all of the additional things like the percussion which we recorded in Toronto and in Hamilton with our percussionist who lives out in Hamilton Paul Georgiou and we had recorded multiple piano tracks uh, we're listening to Piano Man here in the background, but we uh, we recorded multiple percussion tracks, and then we brought in uh, Ekaterina, who's a phenomenal singer. She's from uh, originally from Kazakhstan, but a Russian speaker, and she learned the Ukrainian for Kolomika. Um, we layered that on top, and then we added some extra guitar and some additional percussion tracks with Yaro Dobrovsky, who's the regular guitarist in the Toronto version of Klaus Factor. So we did all that stuff, and then I spent, you know, probably a, a six to eight months mixing, just, you know, tweaking things here and there, and, you know, finding the right balance, learning more about it. And really it was a process in, in learning about mixing and, and audio engineering and, and you know, watching YouTube tutorials on uh, what types of plugins and what type of compression to use. And, and I think eventually we ended up with a sound that I'm really proud of. And after the mastering, took away some of the, some of the interesting things that I had overlooked and, uh, and fixed everything. I, I think it's, a, it's an album that I think sounds just as good as any of the others. Great. So, uh, what's next for Clez uh, Factor and for you? Then, are you going to uh, keep doing some more things with the band here in Toronto? Writing some more new tunes uh, for use in the future. What's going on? Well, right now it's it's a lot of uh, booking the band, uh, which is always the tricky part. So I'm looking to book some shows in Toronto. We we're looking at actually a tour in the U.S., which kind of fell apart due to visa time constraints with getting a visa to be able to go down and play in the U.S. Um, but that's sort of our goal. I'd like to do some shows in the United States with the band, um, legally, of course. Um, and I'd, 
you know, I'd like to do some more in Toronto, but I've got some other projects going. I'm looking to record a traditional Klezmer album with uh, Yoni Kasten in Montreal and Joel Kerr. We tried to do it back in February, and unfortunately Joel came down with the flu, so we, we weren't able to really get a recording in. So we're looking to do a recording of some traditional stuff, uh, really came coming out of my experience playing at the um, Portuguese synagogue in Amsterdam with a trio there last summer. Um, really sort of lit the fire in me saying, you know, I've been doing all this klezmer fusion. I still play a lot of traditional klezmer. I think... I think I'm ready. I think I found my voice as a as a traditional klezmer musician. I think I, I I think I have something to say now after many years of studying and and playing. So that's in the works, and uh, you know another new project called Ensemble Topaz, which I've teamed up with a Turkish uh, clarinetist and saxophonist in Toronto named Selçuk Suna, and we've put together a band that also combines music with dance. So we have. Paramita Carr is the sort of choreographer and lead dancer, and we have two other dancers in the group, and it's, it's I think, a unique project that is, is really, you know, there really isn't anything like it where you're integrating the music and the dance with a live band and three amazing dancers with very different but complementary um, backgrounds and stylistic expertise areas. You know, I also wanted to mention also. You, you know, uh, I've always enjoyed the jazz aspect of of the stuff you've done. Have you have you thought about doing a, a straight uh, jazz project? You know, the thought comes across my mind <laughs> once in a while, um, and it's like you know. Usually, it's, I go to a jazz club and I'm like, you know, it's fun. I could, it's fun. I could probably do this. Um, and I sort of did a project like that. I, I put a, a trio together, uh, and we played the City Winery in New York, and it was a lot of fun. I think, you know, and, it, and it's kind of funny you say that because when I play weddings and we do sort of the jazz interstitial music, um, it's fun, and it's like, a, it's like, hey, playing standards with some good musicians is really fun, but I, I really don't think that's where my most original voice is, and in terms of composition I think there's only so so much of me to go around and, um, you know I'm not I'm not one of those people who is just pouring music out of their pores and constantly oozing original compositions it's 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 a little more of a process for me most of the yeah. time um, most of the stuff for for Europa a lot of that was you know developed and then stuff that I'd sort of deemed not good enough years ago and then come back to and fixed up and so so yeah I don't think I have enough composition in me to come up with a, a full album of what we'll call jazz yeah um, at this point I mean you never know in the future um, but right now sort of Klez Factor is the my more original output where, where that goes alright fair enough we'll let that we'll, we'll let the jazz slide for now um and then the uh, the title of the album Europa. I, I'm trying to remember now. I don't think there's an actual track called Europa. So, uh, how did you come up with that title? It was always going to be called Europa, oh. and I think <laughs> and I think just because of I think the location it was recorded, the, where the musicians were from. But in many ways, it really 
you know, having spent quite a bit of time in Europe, it's always really um, resonated with me. And, and, you know, in 2010, I spent a week in Krakow where my grandfather was born and grew up until the war happened. And he, you know, he left Poland in 1939. And he'd always told stories about Krakow and growing up. and, And really, I mean... I think when he was sort of in his middle ages, he probably wasn't all that crazy about Poland and the Polish people. But as he got older, he was very nostalgic to his childhood there. And um, when I went there in 2010, I could really feel, you know, the Jewish presence. I was there for the, the Jewish Cultural Festival in Krakow. And, you know, there was something that always resonated with me about Europe. And, and I also, you know, have been performing a lot of... I guess European klezmer, klezmer that comes from sources that I guess either predate or are simultaneous to the American uh, golden age of klezmer that started in the late teens and into the 20s and 30s. And the concert I performed in Amsterdam was entirely, you know, European sourced music, whether they were from recordings from Belf or um, from the Berigovsky collection. So, you know, and the European style of playing that, you know, some some players are much more in tune with than I'd call Joel Rubin one of the um, one of the biggest exemplars of that style. Um, it just really resonate, resonated with me. And, and when I was putting the album together, I sort of looked to Europe for for inspiration. Great. As the klezmer parade approaches <laughs> the randomness of, of the klezmer uh, so if people want to find uh, your album Europa and find out more about Klez Factor where can they uh, find everything well the easiest place to go is klezfactor.com very simple to find we're, right now we're trying to keep our music from streaming services I think um uh, Especially for independent musicians, I think it's it's very important to maintain control over our work. And streaming services really don't help musicians and don't help independent musicians very much. They're great for record companies, and they're great for their own bottom lines. But I think some of them starting... No, I don't think any of them are really turning a profit yet. But um, they have really big deals with uh, recording companies and, and the record labels to pay out. So we're really trying to keep things very independent and keep things sort of under our own control so i don't think we're up on any streaming services yet but you can go to our bandcamp page that's klezfactor.bandcamp.com where you'll be able to download the album or purchase a cd copy that we'll mail to you provided there's no um, postal strike in canada Um, so if you go there I'll say it again. Hopefully, the noise will will have abated a little bit. But klezfactor.bandcamp.com, and um, you can buy the CD. You can buy downloads, and all three of our albums are available there. Terrific! So everybody, uh, Bandcamp is the place. Get the Clutch Factor album, Europa, and all the previous albums as well. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for uh, visiting with me once again. I'm glad we were able to catch up for a few minutes here at uh, Ashkenaz. Always a pleasure, and uh, continue good success with all your projects. Thanks very much, Keith. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. 
Hi, this is David Krakauer. You're listening to klezmerpodcast.com. All right, I'm back. That was my interview with Mike Ankelwitz of the band Klez Factor. And we heard the track Naftula Strikes Bach from the album Europa. I'd like to thank Mike for once again appearing on the podcast and for providing the track for us to listen to. Again, the website is klezmerpodcast.com. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to appear on the podcast or have your music played, or if you have a recent or soon-to-be-released album you'd like me to review, please write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. As always, the music heard on Klezmer Podcast is for promotional purposes only and is used with permission. So that's about it for Klezmer Podcast 131. Thanks for listening. Please stay subscribed, tell your friends, and until next time, bye for now.